You are listening to the official audio preaching podcast of Christian Bible Baptist Church Manila, Philippines, led by Rev. Alan Earnhardt Jr. It is our desire that you will be revived, encouraged, and helped by this gospel messages. God bless. Salamat sa pag-ibig na, na pinagkalab sa atin ng Diyos. E natuto tayong umibig. Ay sabi ng Panginoon, He that love it not, He that love it not, know it not God, for God is love. Amen. Kaya salamat tayo sa Panginoon at nakilala natin ang Diyos, ang tunay na Diyos, at sumagana sa atin yung pag-ibig. Ako naman yung niniwala mga kapatid, pag sumagana ang pag-ibig sa iyo ng, Pang- ng Panginoon, dala na ito lahat. Nanoon na yung Uh, mag, magbibigay sa ito magbibigay sa ito ng kababaang loob ng patience uh, ng uh, pangunawa uh, magbibigay sa ito ng pagtsatsaga 1 Corinthians chapter 13 eh, no? hindi ka eh, magbibigay sa ito nang hindi ka magmamataas magbibigay sa ito hindi ka magiging mainggit magbibigay sa ito ng ng uh, ng uh, makalayo ka sa kasalanan ah magbibigay sa ito na matuto kang magpatawad ah, mag, mag magdadala sa ito kung mayroong pakibig na sumagana pagibig sa iyo magdadala sa ito ng masayang buhay sa paglilingkod sa Panginoon amen wow a greatest love Amen. Are you ready for preaching tonight? Amen. Salamat to tayo mga kapatid at uh, misa lang natin na uh, uh, alam ko it's uh, it's been a long time that you haven't preached here. It's been uh, 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 50 years again. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> But uh, praise the Lord. At uh, kasama natin ngayon ang uh, the evangelist, Pastor Peter Mord. Tayo po ito mayong lahat. And uh, uh, Pastor Mord, please come and please do Amen. Well, I'm glad to be here after 50 years. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I came here when I was five years old last time. And, uh, <laughs> and now... I'm going to preach again. So, uh, praise the Lord for the Christian Bible Baptist Church of Manila. Boy, I was driving in here and I saw the people everywhere. The GPS said it's going to take about 23 minutes. Well, it took a lot longer than that, amen? Uh, there was street closed and uh, you had to figure out which way to go. And then there was people everywhere. Sometimes the whole side of the street would close down because I guess they're having a party or something. And then it, they, they let you go out in the other lane and there's people coming this way and you just wave at them as you drive by. And there was uh, gangs looking at me driving by. And, that, and I, I'm driving Mario Lopez's uh, Mercedes. They were looking at me like this saying, no, 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 I'm a preacher. Just, just settle down. <laughs> But uh, Manila, wow. And, you know, what a church. Sending out churches. I was at the church in Cayenta, amen? The first time I pronounced that, I said, Cayenta, Cayenta, because that's how you say it in English. It would be a diphthong, Cayenta. 
No, it's ka inta. Amen. <laughs> like loob. We say lube. No, loob. You know, anyways. But uh, praise the Lord for the churches that this church has sent out. Amen. By the way, don't, you know, don't deprecate that. Now, the next thing I want to see next time I come here is I want big speakers outside the building so that when we sing and the specials are, are sung and we preach, everybody can hear it outside like we have to listen to their, oh, sounds like a, sounds like a balut salesman, balut, 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 you know, a balut salesman or something, you know what I mean? Amen. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Acts 13. Acts chapter 13 and verse number 2. I want to talk about the four parts of the battle of souls. Amen? The four parts for the battle of souls. The four parts of our battle uh, for the souls of men. That is so important. The Bible says Jesus Christ came to seek and to save that which was lost. Yes, he came to be an example. Yes, he came to show us God's love. Yes, he came to build the church. Yes, 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 on all those things. But first and foremost, he came as the lamb that taketh away the sins of the world. Amen. He is the savior. He's the, uh, let's see, Pag uh, Tagaliktas. Amen. The savior. The other day I was preaching and I said, Liktas, uh, something about uh, what I said was Jesus got saved, amen that's what I said in Tagalog, Jesus got saved, I don't think I was trying to say that, but that's what I said, amen almost as bad as Pagpapatuwad instead of Pagpapatawad amen, I, uh, I just say stuff like that once in a while look what it says in Acts chapter 13, we're in the book of Acts the, the book that tells us about the local church and as they ministered to the Lord, we're in verse number 2. Acts 13, verse number 2. And as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, they're seeking God's direction. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit of God said unto them, Separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work unto I have called them. Now let me ask you, you know, just don't just read your Bible and say, Okay, it's some work, it's some work. What work was it? It was the work of seeing souls saved, and then building the church so you can bring those souls in and send them back out. Amen? Hey, that's the work. That's the work we have. And that's what you're doing here. That's what's being been done here for years and years. This is kind of funny, but when I first came to the Philippines, oh, years and years ago, I remember getting the opportunity and privilege to preach here at CBBC Manila. And it was just a small room about the size uh, what Brother Nab Nabo has out there now, Preacher Nabo has there. Thank you, Brother. And uh, how exciting it is to see and to think about what the Lord's going to do in that church like he's done in this church. Amen? Yeah. It's the work of the ministry. What is the work of the ministry? Of course, it's building the church. It's calling people out of the world so that you can preach the gospel to them, see them get saved, see them, uh, uh, you know, trust it was Panana Palataya. Amen. Yeah. Uh, you know, Kalikthasan. Wow, Kalikthasan. Praising the Lord for salvation. So there's this battle for souls. And he says they were busy in the work of the ministry. Whereunto I have called them. Now watch this, verse number three. And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed from Seleucia, and then, and from thence sailed to Cyprus. 
Now watch this, verse number four, uh, five. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word in the synagogues of the Jews. Wow! How many of you have ever gone to a Catholic church and preached the gospel? Amen? That's what they were doing back there. Amen? They're in the synagogues and they're preaching the gospel to the Jews. The synagogue of the Jews. And they also uh, had John to their minister. And verse number 6, And when they had gone through the island of Paphos, uh, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus. Now, why did he put that in there? You see, as you study the four parts of soul winning, you'll find out that there is that part that's going to fight you. There's going to be that part that's going to try to stop you. There's going to be this part that is not just another human being. It is evil. It is the devil. It is Satan. It is impurno. It is hell coming up, trying to stop people from being saved. Don't let it stop you. It may stop those people being saved, but don't let it stop you. I don't know how many Christians that become soul winners fall away because they don't understand these people are part of the process. They're building you. Say amen. They're building you. These sorcerers, these scorners, uh, the, the, these uh, scoffers, they're going to build you. They're going to build the people of God to be the kind of soul winners we ought to be, which was with the deputy of the, of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Eliamus the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, Oh, full of all subtility and all uh, mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, Wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? See, that's what they're doing. They're perverting the ways and trying to stop you from soul winning. Hey, listen, there's Muslims. There's uh, Catholics. Uh, there's all sorts of good people out there. I mean, they really are good people. They're lost, amen? They're lost. They're lost. Nawala, right? Nawala. Nawala. They're lost. You know why they're lost? They don't know the way. Jesus Christ is the way. And they're going to get in your face. They're going to get in your way. They're going to try to persuade you to stop. They're going to try to intimidate you. They're going to try to laugh at you and scoff at you. They're going to try to use all of the cultures of the Philippines to pull you away from soul winning. Now watch what happens here. Verse number 11. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him, a mist and a darkness, and he went away seeking some to lead him by the hand. Then the deputy, when he saw what was done, believed, being astonished at the doctrine of the Lord. Now you see, once again, we see a tremendous story, and God puts details in there that he wants us to see. You see, there's, there's four parts of soul winning. I'm going to talk to you about those four parts, and I promise you this will help you want to be a soul winner. Now, I'm sure there's people in here that have never received Christ as their personal Savior. And, and we'll talk about that tonight. And you can be saved. But once you're saved, once you have kalitasa, once you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, once you get out of religion, once you get out of church, once you get out of denomination, and you simply receive the dakilang regalo ng Dios, anak ng Dios, he kamatayan on the cross. Why? So that we can go to heaven. Amen. Salamat. And, and it's so simple. It's a gift. You don't have to be a Baptist to be saved. 
All you have to do is tagap, right? Receive, receive the regalo. Amen. That's an easy word. Regalo. Amen. Now, langit, langit. That's a little bit tougher word for an American, amen? Banana palataya. Wow, my tongue starts going like that when I say that word. Whatever happened to simple words? Faith. Banana palataya. How did you get faith out of banana palataya? Amen. I wish, I wish it was easy like maniwala. Amen. Faith. I mean, believe, believe. Amen. Father, I pray that you be at this message. Help it to be simple. Help it to be clear. Most of all, God, help it to be inspirational. Help it to be an encouragement. God, I pray that there will be some young people, older people like uh, younger Christian, older Christians that will uh, commit, sacrificially commit to be a soul winner once again, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So there's the battle for souls. Say amen. Amen. That's what the church is all about. There's a battle of spirituality. That's holiness. There's a battle of faithfulness. That's commitment. There's the battle of sacrifice. That's dying to self, living to Christ, bringing the first fruits to church, the tithes, the offerings, making sure that you got money and money doesn't got you. Amen. There's the battle of discipline. This is the, this is the battle of reading your Bible and praying. I'm going to tell you something. If you're not reading your Bible and praying every day, uh, you know, 10 to 20 minutes, reading your Bible, 10 to 20 minutes, praying just a couple times, five to 10 minutes in the morning, five to 10 minutes at night. If you're not doing it, I'm telling you, you're an undisciplined Christian and you're, you're, you're doomed for failure. You're not going to make it. In fact, I, I go on the record to say, uh, the Christian that's praying the average five minutes or less a day is not going to be in a fundamental church like this very long. You know why? Satan is going to make you fall. Satan is going to make you tri uh, trip. He's going to trip you up. The battle of discipline, the battle of understanding as under the Lord. That's the battle to have wisdom, of, uh, uh, have knowledge and, and come into a grip and a comprehension of the word of God and what it's teaching in principle. How well do you know the Bible? It's a battle to know the Bible. You ought to know every book of the Bible. You ought to know what the theme is. You ought to know why the theme is. You ought to have in your mind what is taught in that book, like the Gospels. Okay, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very simple. Matthew is about the king. It's not just about the king. It's the king exalted. It's the king rejected. It's the king crucified and resurrected. And if you understand it, it helps you. It, it helps you. And the servant is Mark. And the, the great physician, the, man, the son of man, is Luke. And then John. Oh, it's not a synoptic gospel. It's a different gospel. Amen. See, that gets me excited. It ought to get you excited to know the word of God. Amen. This is the battle of understanding. You will understand otherwise. And then there's this battle of winning souls. Battle of, for the souls. The the. Uh, La, la, la ban, la banan. Yeah, la banan. Sa mag kululula, ka kululua. I tell you, all those loos and was and everything else get mixed up. Amen. It's a battle. It's a battle. And let me tell you something. Every soul is going to go either to Selangit or Sepirno. Amen. There's no purgatory. And, and it's so important that we understand it's not the great opinion. It's not the great suggestion. It's the great commission. Amen. Jesus Christ came that souls could be saved. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Let me give you my testimony real quick. I was 27. I had three college degrees already. I was in law school. I was going to go on. I was going to be a psychiatric attorney. 
That was my, it was in my mind. My dad was paying for it. My dad was wealthy. He was paying my way through. There was something wrong. There was something missing. I dropped out of school. I dropped out a lot of stuff. We moved down to Colorado searching for something missing. Oh, by the way, I God put me two blocks away from the greatest independent fundamental Bible-believing yeah. church ever. Amen? In Colorado. Pastor Dean Miller, Matt Miller's daddy. I met Matt Miller when he was 14 years old. That's when I went to that church. And I'm going to tell you, I got saved at that church after two months. Amen. Why? Because my eyes were finally open and because there's soul winners there. Amen. Oops, sorry. Sorry, brother. I didn't mean to mess up your pulpit. Amen. There's soul winners there. That's why. Hey, listen. The age-old battle uh, all the way through the Old and New Testament is getting people saved by grace. Amen. By the way, be careful. Be careful. I'm hearing a lot of people come up to me and talk about Peter Ruckman and some other great guys. Now, look. Uh, now look. Peter Ruckman is a lot smarter than me, and he is a he's a great man of God, and I'm telling you, I'm not worthy to tie his shoelaces. This guy was a genius. But I'm going to tell you something. Peter Spurgeon Ruckman, a friend of mine, him and I disagreed about salvation by grace in the Old Testament tribulation times. Now, I'm going to tell you something. You know your Bible. You learn your Bible. Don't you ever, don't you ever, ever, ever listen to anybody who says the Old Testament saints got saved by grace and works and that the tribulation saints will be saved by grace and works. That's not true. The Bible says you're saved by grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. For by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. Not of works. Not of works. Lest any man should boast. You look. You have to, you say, well, that's for the New Testament saints. Well, how about Romans chapter 4? Do you know your Bible? Who is it talking about Romans chapter 4? Abraham. And his faith, his, his belief was counted as righteousness. What is that? That's faith. That's faith. That's faith. It wasn't what he did. It was what he believed. And because of what he believed, he did. Amen. And this idea that only those that can endure to the end will be saved during the tribulation. Let me tell you something. It's the same thing now. The only way you can endure to the end is to have an eternal salvation you cannot lose. And that's what you get in the tribulation. That's what you get in the church age. That's what you get during the Old Testament dispensational times. Amen. I'm just trying to help you. Listen, souls are saved by grace. Way back to Adam, all the way forward to the last soul in the tribulation. They'll all be saved by grace. What do you do with Titus chapter 3? Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. But according to his mercy, he saved us. I'm telling you, for, for by grace are you saved through faith. I'm telling you, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall be saved. That doesn't think about works. That man was on the cross. That man was on the cross. He had no time to do any works. Uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ was there. The man was over there. And he, he, and he said, remember me. And the Lord said, we'll see you in paradise. Amen. You see, uh, we need to understand there's a great battle going on. We need to be strong in the Lord. Joshua 1, uh, 6 through 9. You know what it says. Be courageous. Be strong. And as Christians, how should we be strong? In this thing of winning souls. The battle belongs unto the Lord. I'm not asking you to do the battle. I'm not asking you to win the soul. I'm simply asking you to be obedient to God, to be that uh, vehicle, to be that person who is yielded and surrendered to go and to preach the gospel. I promise you, 
God will see the soul saved. He might not see it when you witness to him, but he'll see it another time. Amen? God's word never returns void. Where's that at? It's in the Bible. Isaiah 55 and verse 11, I believe. The Bible talks about there's a, a battle for souls and the battle is raging and the battle is so important that God the Son, the Almighty Son of God, was split from the Trinity and sent forth to the world that He could die for men. And I'm not talking about just die. He was, he was born into a, into a cesspool of a world and then in the Garden of Gethsemane He sweat drops of blood as Satan tried to stop Him. And then... He was before that, uh, that, that judicial court with Pilate and all the rest of them. And he was beaten. He was whipped. He, was, he, he had his a beard jerked out. He had a crown of thorns. When they got done with him, he looked horrible. He was bludgeoned. He was beaten. He was bloodied for us. But oh, hold it. That's not the worst part. They took his body out there. There it is, lacerated. There it is, swollen. You can't, his visage was marred more than any man, the Bible says in Isaiah 52, talking to the Jews and to the Gentiles. And then they hung him on the cross, and the Bible says it got quiet. Then all of a sudden the earth shook. It got dark, and then God poured out the wrath of God, the wrath on sin. The penalty of sin was poured out upon Jesus Christ. Spurgeon said this. Spurgeon said that God did not hold back his wrath upon Jesus Christ as he suffered for the sins, the kasalanan, for the makasalanan. He says he didn't hold back. He poured all of his wrath upon Jesus Christ. Just like he will pour the wrath out upon those that would tread upon the blood. Hebrews chapter 10. Tread, tread upon the blood of Jesus Christ and reject him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power. But as many as rejected him, they have no power. They're going to die and they're going to go plumbing into hell and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. I've got five college degrees. I'm going to tell you something. You'll never hear about the second death unless you get into the book. The Bible teaches you about the second death. That's the death when you die and go to hell. And forever and ever you are dying in hell. This is why the Lord Jesus Christ came. So when it is never always easy. Amen. It's never always easy. Sometimes it's easy. Most of the time it's not. But it's not a thing of easy. It's not a thing of just falling in line. You can do it because it's easy. It's We're doing it because of discipline. We're doing it because of God's command. We're doing it because we love souls. We're doing it because hell is hot and heaven is great. We heard him singing about heaven. Amen. Now, number one, let's talk about the soul winner. Amen. You know, the Bible says that there is a church called out from the world and it's called out, which means it's brought out from the world to what? To be taught to go back in. Amen. God has called you. God has called you to be saved. He's called all the world to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish. Don't you ever listen to anybody who tries to teach you Calvinism and say that there are some people going to hell, some people going to heaven, and God decides. No, sir. The Bible says that God's not willing that any should perish. For uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. He wants all men 
to turn unto repentance. Amen? The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 4 that the Bible says that the God would have all men to be saved. Amen? This is why he sent this son. It's to whosoever will. What is that? That's the decision. That's the mind. God has given us a free choice. Amen? God has given us a beautiful thing. It's called the mind and he's given us a free choice whether or not to receive Christ as our personal Savior or not. Well, I'll tell you what. As a soul winner, we need to be surrendered. We need to be yielded. We need to be a Bible believer. We need to understand the gospel. We need to be studying the gospel. We need to understand the great commission. We need to be excited about the great and effectual door. There's no place in the world like the Philippines with a great and effectual door. Back there at our church. Hey, listen, I'm a member uh, of, of Pastor Ed Lorena's church. And I'm going to tell you something. He is a tremendous pastor like your pastor is a tremendous pastor. I'm telling you, we've got some great pastors in the CBBC. And, and, and he got a vision for 40,000 uh, souls to come for his 40th anniversary. 40,000 souls. How will we ever get 40,000 souls? And, and it was for on, on campus, off campus, whatever. Uh, first time visit, that's what we wanted, 40,000. And God gave us 166,126 souls. Where else are you going to see that in, in the world? Where else do you see that in the world? Oh, listen, we ought to be stirring up soul winners. We don't just have <clears throat> a great commission. We don't just have a great door. We don't just have a great message. We've got our great God. Say amen. We've got our great God. And it's his will that all men be saved. That's why he sent Paul. That's why he sent Peter. That's why he sent uh, Barnabas. This is why he sent John Mark. This is why he sent every Christian from Timothy, Titus, all the way down to John, who was boiled in that, that cauldron of oil and didn't die. So we got double jeopardy. They can't, they can't execute him. So they take this awful... Uh, a cankered body with full of sores and and all sorts of uh, uh, fleshly uh, scabs and 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 uh, uh, you know skin like this from when I was burned. Uh, what do they call that? Scars. But anyways, and they took him. They put him out on that island. Amen. Why? Because he was a soul winner. That's why. Why did all the disciples die martyrs? Because the Bible says. Ye shall be witnesses, and that word witness in the Greek is martyr. Amen. Yes, there will be some martyrs, but for the most part, that's not what's happening today. The equation uh, of winning souls is somehow the soul winner. Now, now, don't get me wrong. You can't win a soul without Jesus Christ. I understand that. But for some reason, God is expecting a church to have soul winners to go out and talk to people. If we don't have soul winners in this church, the people will not be reached like they could be if we had soul winners. Now let's understand something. You don't win a soul to Christ. God does. And if you don't win a soul, you don't send them to hell. Now maybe I'll get in trouble for that, but I don't believe you send somebody to hell. Everybody is without excuse. Say amen. You don't give anybody an excuse because you don't witness to them. They, every person gets an opportunity to be saved. I had an opportunity to be saved for 27 years and I kept rejecting it because I didn't understand it. But when I understood it, I, I bent the knee and received Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. Amen. Amen. But, but why did I do that? Because I had soul winners, a soul winner preacher, a soul winning deacons, a soul winning uh, a Sunday school teachers, soul winning staff, soul winning uh, members. We had lots of soul winners at that church. And that's the reason I got saved. Why didn't I get saved other places? Because to be quite honest with you, I was going to a Presbyterian church 
and nobody preached the gospel to me. It was a Calvinistic church. <clears throat> so you see, the people of his creation can hear and, and, and can choose whether or not to accept or reject him. But there's an important part. It's called the witness. The witness. There are soul winners, and God is saying that he's called everyone in a local church to be part of the work of the ministry. You say, well, I can't do that all day. Nobody's asking you to do it all day. Well, I can't do it every day. I'm not asking you to do it every day. How about just one day a week? You put some time aside so that Pastor Earnhardt can uh, direct you to work with somebody, be a silent partner, and to go out and win souls. Hey, listen, I had the best time yesterday. I was coming up here, and uh, I, uh, we got a bunch of John Romans just given to us, to, to the church over there. And I took a, a full box, and I put them everywhere I could, and I started going out, and, and people loved them. Amen. I got a chance going barber shops and everywhere else and, and just preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving them John Romans. Amen. You've got tracks here. I'm telling you, people are wide open to hear the gospel. Say amen. The second part, the most important part, is the supernatural part. What did I say the first part is? It's the soul winner. Say it. Number one is the soul winner. Say it. It's the soul winner. It's the witness. Who is that? You. Amen. The church. Now look, you visitors that have come, we're not asking you to be soul winners. You don't even know what soul winning is. You don't understand what witnessing is. You don't, even, you, you don't know what it means to reach a soul for Jesus Christ. But it's why you come to the church. You've come to hear the word preached, and then you could be challenged to be a soul winner. Yeah. Now I'm going to tell you, I'm not bragging, but I'm going to tell you something. I am an avid soul winner. I love to go soul winning. But, no, no, no. I hated it at first. I went out with my pastor. I went out with assistant pastor. I wasn't praying, oh, God, save the saw. I was saying, oh, don't let anybody be home. It's my turn. Really? And I was a people person, but, 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 but I hated it. I, I, I was shy. I, I didn't want to talk to people about Jesus Christ. I, I didn't hardly understand hell and heaven and the gospel, and, and it was just so hard at first. But you get out there and you do it. Now, listen now. And the second part starts happening. Amen. It's the part of the supernatural. It's the Holy Spirit of God. Nobody in this church, no leadership anywhere in the Bible or in any fundamental Bible preaching church is going to ask you to go out and win a soul by yourself. The Christian life is impossible without God. Say amen. Let me say that again. Without God, the Christian Life is impossible. It's supposed to be impossible. God doesn't want you to do it alone. He said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. Amen. He said, I am the vine so that you can bear uh, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. Where's that at? John 15. Read it for yourself. The Bible, all the way through the Bible, it's talking about the strength and power of the Almighty. Let's look at a few places. Look what it says there. Look at Matthew chapter 28. Real quickly, come on. Uh, this is the second part of soul winning. The first part, we talked about it. The first part is the soul winner. And it's not the most important part, obviously. But for the church, if you don't have soul winners, this second part is going to be limited. You're limiting the Holy One of Israel. In Matthew 28 and verse 18, Jesus came and spake unto them. We're in the last chapter. This is the great commission of Matthew in chapter 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Watch this now. 
teaching them to observe all things, first to observe the gospel, and then, of course, after that, in the Christian life in the church, that I've commanded you, and lo, watch this now, I am with you always. Now skip forward, if you would, to John. Look at what it says there in John. In John chapter 16 and verse 24. Please, hurry. Look what it says. The Bible says in John 16 and verse number 24, Hitherto, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name, asking ye shall receive, that your joy may be full. Now, I don't have time to show you, but back in Luke eleven thirteen, 13, when he says to ask, the first thing you're supposed to ask for is the power of the Holy Spirit. Look down, if you would, at verse number 26. And that day ye shall ask in my name, and I, sh and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you, because ye have loved me. Remember, he talked about keeping the commandments, and I believe that I came out from God. Now, look at it says here in verse 33. These things I have spoken unto you, that ye might have peace in the world. Ye have tribulation, but of good cheer I have overcome the world. Now, look back at chapter 14, and I want you to see what he's talking about. In chapter 14 of John, and verse number 16, he says, And I will pray the Father, he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit, amen? Even the Spirit of truth, whom, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. Uh, so, so the Bible's teaching us that we've got the Holy Spirit part. Look, if you would, over to Acts chapter 4, verse number 8, real quick. Look back at Acts chapter 4, verse number 8. This, there's so much in the book of Acts about the Holy Spirit of God. God wants to empower you to be a soul winner. God wants to, you to have a strength and power that you can't imagine. Uh, verse, seven, verse number 8, we're in, we're in Acts chapter 4, verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of people and of elders of Israel, if, if we this day be examined of this good deed done to this impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you and all, and all the people of Israel, and by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, uh, it says, whom you crucified, <laughs> wow, uh, whom God raised from the dead, and he goes on and preaches. Look what he says here in verse number 13. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. So you see the fullness of Jesus is coming upon them. Look at verse number 19. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you, more than unto God, judge ye. Look what it says in verse 24. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which uh, has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is therein, etc. And he looked down at verse number 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. And then look at it says, and the multitude of them that believed were of one heart. You see, <clears throat> what the Bible is saying is there's four parts of soul winning. Number one, there's the soul winner. Number two, there's the Holy Spirit of God. He, he saved you in the first place. You can't get saved without the Spirit of God. You get saved uh, in the plan of God. He is the way. And the Bible said you got saved by trusting the truth of who Jesus Christ is. He is the Savior, not the Pope, not the preacher, not the pastor, not the missionary. It's none other than Jesus Christ. There's no other name, uh, is what it says. There's no other name under heaven which you must be saved. Say amen. amen. You see, Jesus Christ is the truth, but the Holy Spirit is the life, the Buhai. Amen. amen. 
He is the power. Amen. He is the power and He wants to empower you. If you'll just go out soul winning, believing God, preaching the gospel, not, not, not backstepping, not, not uh, wondering, not, not uh, having doubt and, and having a wicked heart of unbelief, but you just go forward and you say, God told me to do this. I know there's a heaven. I know there's a hell. I received Christ and I'm going to be a witness to this world and His strength, His power. I'm not asking you to be a Pentecostal, but as a Baptist, you understand the importance of the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I never want to preach a message without the power of God. I never want to win a soul or try to win a soul without the power of God. I never want to respond, give counsel, or do anything else without the power of God. Amen. Power of God is everything. Look what it says there in Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Real quickly, come on now. Let's get let's get, let's get with this. And we'll we'll get we're, we're getting these that last couple things here in Ephesians chapter three and verse twenty. It says this. <clears throat> now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Just look over a few pages past Philippians in the Colossians, Colossians chapter one. Look what it says in verse 9. Love uh, For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that she might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that she might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, that's soul winning, amen, and increasing the knowledge of God. Now watch this. Strengthened with all might according to His, the Godhead's glorious power, unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness. Hey, we need to be soul winners, amen? And we don't need to just be any kind of soul winners. We need to be prayed up soul winners, praying in the Holy Spirit of God. Before you ever go out soul winning, you look up towards God and say, I can't do it, I can't do this alone, but you can do it, and I know you will do it. And, and there's somebody out there that wants to hear it. Oh God, you got to fill me with your power that I can witness to this person and lead him to Christ. And you be a bold witness. You be a bold witness. He's a Muslim. He's a charismatic. He's a God rejecter. He's an atheist. You preach the gospel with power and you'll see something great will happen. The third part of soul winning is the, uh, the sorcerers, the scorners, the people that are the stoppers. Amen? They're, they're the ones that will come up against you and will start telling you uh, Bible verses out of context trying to get you not to believe in evangelism. Hey, Apangelion, we're supposed to be preaching the gospel. We're supposed to be going to this person and that person and that person and that person. Giving out tracts, leaving our tracts behind. Always have tracts with you. Giving them. Here, take this track. It's safe. You need to be saved. What a wicked, ungodly, vile sinner this is right here. Amen. He needs to be saved. Hey, I'm a wicked, ungodly, vile sinner too. Amen. And the Bible says that as you surrender to Him, and the Spirit of God will boom, come into your heart. Boom, come into your heart and you'll have a power. Now hold it. But come here, come here, come on, come here. And I've showed you this before. I showed you this before. You're going to try to go this way and Satan is going to fight you. I gave you this illustration a couple times and Satan's going to try to stop you. You know what? you got to keep going in the power of God. You're not stronger than Satan, but you're stronger in God than anything. Amen. See, it's not you. It's not about you. It's about God. Amen. There's going to be scoffers. We read it. Thank you, sir. We read it. There's scoffers out there. You saw it. And in the, in the uh, book of uh, Acts, 
There are some pretty plain situations. There's this scoffer, Bar Jesus, who literally empowered by Satan and by satanic hosts tries to stop uh, Sergius Paulus from being saved. You know what? You're going to be witnessing and you're going to hear the phone ring. Don't you dare say, well, you've got to get that phone call. Think about it. We'll see you later. You say, let that phone ring. Let's talk about Jesus. There's going to be this little kid crying. You've got a silent partner with you. Amen. Why do you think you carry a silent partner? Silent partners, you need to go take care of that child. Amen. I've been, I listen, I've had so many crazy situations. I was out so winning with uh, different people. And one time when we were witnessing to a lady, I looked out and I saw the kitchen. There's smoke coming out of the kitchen. Amen. It's back in America. I said, just a minute. And he's winning this lady, Lord. I went out and I turned her stove off because her beans were burning. Amen. I turned the stove off. I took them. I put them in the sink. Make sure there wouldn't be a fire. I walked back out. And he said, what's wrong? I said, oh, nothing. And we wanted to Christ. Amen. Don't let things, don't let people, don't let instances and situations and circumstances get in your way. Go! Go ye! Now let me say this too. <clears throat> There's not just scoffers and scorners and stoppers. There's schedules. You schedule a time to go soul winning. Amen. Right, preacher? You go. And you realize it's more important. You say, how about family time? Bring your family with you. Amen. I'm telling you, you need to schedule a time. You don't schedule a time, you're not going to be a soul winner. Listen, I, I promise you, I've traveled all over the world. I've seen riches. I've seen poverty. I've seen so much. The greatest thing I've ever seen is sitting next to somebody and leading them to Jesus Christ. That's the greatest. That's the greatest thing. It beats everything else out down. But you got to understand, Satan, the scoffers, the scorners, the stoppers, and other people's schedules are going to try to stop you. Amen. Pastor uh, Lorena said, you know what? I don't know why I'm burdened for the businesses around the church. He gave us gospel tracts. He says, for the next four or five weeks, all we're going to do is go over business to business to business. We went to business and I'm thinking, oh my goodness. It's crazy. People are busy. These people have got all sorts of work to do, etc. We walked in, gave, there was two or three times when the people started crying and said, I was praying that God would send somebody and tell me about the gospel. Wow! Hey, listen, listen. Your pastor's got a vision. Your pastor's got a desire that God has put in his heart. Your pastor has a passion for souls. And you can't let anything get in the way. As, as he gets older and his legs, uh, just like me, you know, when we get older, we're not able to go as much, but we're able to pray for you. We're able to continue to send you. But you have to be the youth. You've got to be the energy. You've got to be the strength. You're his hands. You're his legs. You're his body. You're his mouth. You're his witness. Amen. Don't let anything stop you. And number four, the seekers. Amen. This is the greatest part about sowing in the Philippines. I have never, ever seen anything like this in America. I've not seen anything like this anywhere else. Maybe a little bit in India, maybe. But not as uniform. Not as open door as the Philippines. Where else can you see literally 
500,000 people saved over five weeks. We, we figured, we're, we're figuring we saw over 500,000 people saved. And of those 500,000, 166,126 responded to an off, uh, you know, off campus or on campus visit to the church. Amen. You say that's impossible. With God, nothing's impossible. And may I say, with the Philippines and the openness of the Philippine people, nothing is impossible. Now, let me say this without, without getting emotional, because I get really emotional now. I'm telling you, you, you're in a part, you're in a part of the Philippines that there's more people that can be reached. I wept as I was dropping that. I wept. I saw these kids. I saw them running, throwing the, 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 the you know, the, the gambling. And I saw them fighting and I saw them pushing. I saw the young boys smoking. And I thought they could be saved. If they had a spirit-filled soul winner that wasn't going to be stopped, but where are they? Where are they? Bethany, maybe. Maybe some of these other churches. Well, how about your church? Don't you care? Don't you see the effectual door that's open? I'm sorry. I don't mean to be emotional, but I'm, I'm telling you, we ought to be brokenhearted for souls. Here's God in heaven. He, he's not willing that any should perish. And you're in an area that, I mean, has people calling out with the Muslim brethren, screaming and crying, oh, oh, my foot hurts, my foot hurts, my foot hurts. I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's saying. I don't think he knows what he's saying. And you do know what you're saying. You've got the gospel message. You know, in Metro Manila, are you listening? Are you listening? You Google it. In Metro Manila, of the 20 most densely populated cities in all the world, China, Japan, African countries, India, of all the countries, you got got 100 million people. Do you realize that 30% of those people, of that 100 million, are living right here in the Metro Manila area? Did you know that? Do you know that of the 20 most densely populated cities in all the world, you have nine right here in Metro Manila. You know what that means? People. You know what that means? Souls. Not everybody's going to be open. And the more affluence they have, the more education, the more religion, the less open they are. But let's be honest. How many people really have that here in Manila? You have got an effectual open door that very few people have anywhere else in the world. Even in America. When I first started my church 30 years ago, we, we would go out and we would see maybe two people saved every two hours. When I, when I resigned to come over to the Philippines, we were seeing two people saved every two months. That's how hard it had gotten. I'm telling you, the Philippines is going to follow the same way. 
And when you get to heaven, you're going to look back and say, oh, would to God. Would to God I would have followed my preacher as a soul winner. Would to God I would have got the Spirit of God on my life and my soul winner. Would to God I wouldn't have let that stop me or that person stop me or that schedule or that stop or that's the scorner or that stupidity. I would have kept pressing towards the mark because in the Philippines there are literally not thousands, millions, 100 million, 30 million in this area. 30 million, 30 million within driving distance of where you're at right now. You can win souls. It's a battle. They are nawawa la. They are lost and they don't know it. They're blind. But you get to preach the glorious gospel. Can I stir you tonight to make a new commitment towards soul winning? It's the work of the ministry. It's the church. It's why you were called out. If you're not saved, you need to be saved tonight. You say, what does that mean? What is that? I want to be saved. I, I don't know what that means. Are you a sinner? Have you ever sinned? I have. Kassalana? My Kassalana? Sure, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner. And God gave provision for that sin to be forgiven. Pagpapatawad. You know, be uh, forgiveness, you know. To be, to be washed clean, whiter than snow. How? This is how simple it is. In your heart, just receiving Jesus Christ as the only way to go to heaven. You receive him. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart, man believes in the righteousness, with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. That's the prayer where you receive Jesus Christ. You can do that tonight. You can receive Jesus Christ tonight. You don't have to. It's up to you. But if you're saved, and let's just be honest, 90, 95, 99% of the people in here are saved. If you're saved, you're called out for a purpose. Yes, to be taught. Yes, to get into those other battles. But yes, to become a strong soul winner for Jesus Christ. Amen. Preacher. Thank you, sir.